The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Ed of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact, teeny tiny. And they're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code CESCA, SESCA, at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Strength. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Mike LaFontaine, owner and founder of High Class Management. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Comics constant companion. Let's start right out. Hey, what happened? As you know, back in 1970, I start on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year, and that's good because that's how you establish a cult. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Bob. Oh, hello. It is Tuesday, 9, 2017, and this is the Bob Seska Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob, and we are brought to you by the greatest soap in the universe. It's BubbleGenius.com. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link on the podcast page and get free legal advice right there at that page. Bowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chess. Don't forget the the, because if, if you forget the the, it's going to take you to a different Bowen Law Group. And you want you want the Bowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chess. Okay. Uh, big, massive, gigantic show today. So much to talk about. So much happened yesterday in the Senate Judiciary Committee. We still have lots of health care to talk about. But before we get to any of that, let's do this. <laughs> All right, let's bring him in. Greetings. <laughs> he's a writer for Raw Story, and he's single-handedly making the South cool again. Please oh, welcome. Come on. <laughs> well, it's I'm it's, I'm serious. That isn't sarcastic. I'm not 100 sincere about that. Uh, please welcome my friend, the lovely and talented T Rex. It's David Ferguson. Hi, Dave. Oh, hello. I, you know, I need this intro for like every morning when I get out of the shower. <laughs> Me too. You know what? I do. I play this every time I get out of the shower. And I... <laughs> and hey, did you notice just... at the top of the show you told everybody it was March 9th? Did I say March 9th? Yeah. Did I say March 9th? Holy hell. It's, it's I, May 9th. It's May 9th. I said March 9th. There's a rewinding the clock two months. You know, I don't want to do that because it's like we're plowing forward through this this Trump crisis. And, I, you know, it's a, the thing is, you don't want to lose time. You don't want to have to repeat time. No, especially since it's going by in dog hours. Apparently. Yeah. You know, sometimes sometimes I lose track of time. This is what happens when you get older. Oh God! So you know, I only um, during in the middle of the last show recognize that as the Darth Vader's Armada theme. Um. That's right. This is great. <laughs> this is the uh, clown car version of uh, the Imperial March. Uh, yeah, it's where we live now. It's, it's the our soundtrack of our lives. Our official uh, Trump crisis music. Strength. And that's uh, Lindsey Graham. We're going to be hearing from Lindsey Graham. Strength. Today, Lindsey Graham. 
uh, was instrumental in the uh, in the hearings yesterday. Did you watch the hearings with Sally Yates and, and James oh, Clavier? Yes, yesterday? I did. Yes, I did. Oh my God! Well, I mean, so much happened. I mean, where do you begin? Uh, first of I all, have to, wait. I have to point out before we go any further that Sally is a graduate of. I think think the university of georgia she went to the georgia governor's honors program in social studies in 1974 which is a special uh, educational program in the summer for kids in georgia and she is a very proud georgian and see we're not all idiots from the south <laughs> well see i mean again you know between you and sally yates you're making the south cool again <clears throat> I think I hope make- that Holly Hunter plays her in the movie. I think the, the accent is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. Uh, Holly Hunter or like Jodie Foster would play Sally Yates in the movie. You know, it's funny. I mean, there's a lot of people who just are in love with Sally Yates right now, uh, even prior to her testimony yesterday. But the thing about Sally Yates, I wonder what her politics are like. I mean, again, I, here I am being Debbie Downer, right? <laughs> And uh, and uh, and and possibly bringing everyone down in their Sally Yates fandom right now. But well, here, I'm going to counter. I see your Debbie Downer, and I'm going to raise you a Pollyanna and say, does it matter what her politics are if she really cares about the Constitution and the rule of law? Well, that is absolutely true. The thing is that I'm thinking about though is I'm thinking a lot of people are pushing Sally Yates. Oh, Sally Yates 2020. That's what that's what <laughs> a lot no, of that. Too for that. Sally Yates 2020, and I'm going. Well, Jesus God, I mean, she 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 may hate babies or something. She. <laughs> She, yeah, she, we don't know. She she might uh, be really, really, really into predator drones or something like that, and then the left, the left summarily begins to uh, to freak out at that notion, and uh, and then Sally Yates is no longer no people are no longer in love with Sally Yates. But right. speaking of 2020, oh my God, Dave Ferguson. Before we get into the hearing yesterday with Sally Yates right. and James Clapper, this thing happened just at the end of last week. The 2020 presidential campaign is now officially underway. Have you seen this monstrosity? Yeah. No, they're already there. were officials from the Trump 2020 campaign are already complaining about their media coverage, which (laughs) it's like the war on Christmas. You know, it just comes earlier and earlier every year. And it's gotten so commercialized. I mean, I actually thought when I first saw this, I thought this was a joke. I thought this was the what I'm talking about here is Donald Trump has released his very first 2020 campaign ad. And I'm not making that up. This is this is paid for him to open the coffers. Right, that is true. That is true. Yeah, allows we him- know from looking at the the books from the 2016 campaign, he uses this to enrich himself. He charges, he does everything in house and rents offices from himself at ridiculously yep. inflated prices and makes money hand over fist. Yeah, absolutely. And he also pays for commercials like this. Donald Trump, sworn in as president 100 <laughs> days ago, America has rarely seen such success. A respected Supreme Court justice confirmed. Companies investing in American jobs again. America becoming more energy independent. Regulations that kill American jobs eliminated. Yeah. The biggest tax cut plan in history. You wouldn't know it from watching the news. America is winning, and President Trump is making America great again. Wrong. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. <laughs> oh, God. I'm Donald Trump. And I'm Donald Trump. And he's like way away from the microphone. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. You know, that is horrendous. There's one it's part so of it. It's so North Korea. Yeah, it really, you know, really is. It, it really is. It's in a world. Yeah. With, and, you know, it's just... <laughs> And there's one part of it. This they have all of the quotes from the the news media, which is funny because he goes after the fake news in the, he in doesn't the commercial. Watch, but, but he can quote word for word. Yeah, he's got all of these quotes from the news media, and with uh, with the publication and the date that these quotes were actually used when they appeared in these publications. And one of the things is just Keystone Pipeline, New York Times, one twenty four seventeen. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other thing like Keystone Pipeline moves forward. It's nothing. It's it's just Keystone Pipeline, New York Times, one twenty four seventeen. That's like how he naming things with his followers. It's just a series of buzzwords. Yeah, and that's why he speaks in this word salad, and that's why they love him, and they will always love him because he says those words they love. <laughs> I know. He says <laughs> Keystone Pipeline, and they all just get. The, the basements flood in their pants. Mr. Trump, did you say Keystone Pipeline just because you saw the Keystone Pipeline and just decided to say it because you saw it? Yes, Keystone Pipeline. I, I love the Keystone Pipeline. That, oh, I go the, to conservatives. Oh, you say PC or political correctness, and they're like, oh, yes, but is it, I'm I mean, always there. I mean, what, what are people going to look at this and go, 
Oh, Keystone Pipeline. There it is. New York Times 124.17. They're not even saying anything about the Keystone Pipeline. They're just saying the words Keystone Pipeline. This is what the Republican Party has come down to. Just a series of buzzwords and bromides and Trump superlatives. That's all it is anymore. And that's why, I mean, that's exactly why Trump Care was passed last week, or through the House at mm-hmm. least, mm-hmm. because it's, it has nothing to do with the policy. They can do whatever the hell they want with the policy, which they have clearly done. But it's all about Oh, we repealed and replaced Obamacare. Look what we did. That's all that matters. It's just the words repeal and replace Obamacare. That's all they're selling. They're just selling the words. They're not selling the policy because well, they didn't even like the plan. If you read one right. of the articles well, the pe- I put up last week, they knew that the, the Senate was going to slice and dice it. Yep. It was just so they can go back to campaign back home and say, I voted to overturn Obamacare. I think it's going to bite them on the ass. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a disaster for them. I mean, a complete it and utter be disaster. The disaster that they deserve, though, because people, they will always be protected by their own branch of the media. What's amazing is, is they've, uh, they've stuck their necks out on, on health care and passed this horrendous piece of legislation, which, by the way, is, is absolutely 100% a repeal of Obamacare. This is not a replacement for Obamacare. A replacement uh, suggests something that is comparable but different. This isn't anything. Mm-hmm. This legislation, Trump Care, the American Health Care Act, takes us back to uh, the health care system before Obamacare existed. This is what the health care system is going to look like. You want to know what it's, it's going to look like under Trump Care? Just rewind to 2009 and before. That's what we're getting with all of this. It's like they come into your living room, they, they firebomb your living room and say, Look, we replaced your sofa. <laughs> Exactly. Well, here's how I compared it. This is my heap of ashes. This is my really stupid, Dave. This is my. This is such a stupid analogy. But this is this is like this is my analogy in terms of what the Republicans have done here with Trump Care. Basically, throughout the Obama years, the the Republicans were promising to produce Bigfoot. We've got we've found evidence of Bigfoot, and we've got it. The only thing is, we can't reveal the evidence of Bigfoot until we run we until we control Congress and we control the White House. So finally, they get all that done. And they're they're tasked. Okay, now you're you're in charge of everything. Republicans show us Bigfoot, and instead of Bigfoot, they come up with you know Chewbacca mom carrying a machine gun or something like right. that. Just something completely different, and it doesn't even co- cosmetically they can pass it Ted off Cruz as Bigfoot. In an Afro wig, exactly. Yes, just the worst. You know, it's like uh, John Cornyn in a monkey suit. It's just the worst <laughs> thing. And, uh, and and so that's what they've done, because it is all about selling the words. And one of the reasons I played the uh, Fred Willard clip at the top of the show from uh, <laughs> For Your Consideration, it, which is, uh, what is it for? No, is it For Your Consideration or is it A Mighty Wind? I forget which movie that's from. But nevertheless, he, uh, with all the catchphrases, that's all the Republicans are anymore in terms of what they're selling to people. They're just selling a series of catchphrases. When Donald Trump went and spoke in Harrisburg uh, two Saturdays ago, it wasn't about policy. It was just catchphrases. They wanted the chance to he- for him to recite the litany of campaign words. Exactly. That, makes, that gets them all fired up. Border wall. Right. <laughs> you know, and the, I mean, yeah, they, never mind. It's manifestation in reality makes absolutely zero sense. And they, you know, they just they wanted to hear the Rolling Stones play Satisfaction. That's, you know, that's it. They don't they don't care about the content. It's just, oh, this is what we're doing. Here's this catchphrase. Oh, great, he said, build the wall. Oh, great, he said, repeal and replace Obamacare. Let's let's light our bic lighters in the air and 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 sway our arms and uh and 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 cheer for Donald Trump as he <laughs> recites our our favorite catchphrases. That's all it is anymore. And repealing and replacing Obamacare. I mean, if they actually knew what this would do if Trump's supporters, his real diehards, knew what Trump care actually did, they would run screaming from it because it's going to hurt them first. It's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt a lot of Democrats. Uh, it's going to hurt old a lot people. of independents. It's going to hurt people. a lot of young people, old people, et cetera. It's going to hurt a lot of people. But the first people it's going to hurt are Trump voters. And the reason that is is because 
the first states that are going to opt out of pre-existing conditions, the first states that are going to opt out of the essential health benefits are going to be the red states, the, tr- the, the states that went for Trump already. Wisconsin, which went for Trump somehow last year, uh, is already starting to talk about opting out of those things. So it's going to be the Trump voters who are not going to be covered for pre-existing conditions. Trump voters who are not going to have those basic things in their health care policy regardless of whether they're in the individual marketplace or they get their insurance through their job because Trump care is going to disrupt all insurance, not just Obamacare insurance, all of it. Oh, minus, mm-hmm. minus those big Cadillac plans that the rich well, people me, have. I understand there's a bill before the California legislature for single-payer health care right now. Are you following that? Uh, yes, I've heard a little bit about that. They're going to try something. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the structure of it, but that's been floated for, for some time now. And, of course, California is a pretty good test ground uh, for single-payer nationally because of the size of the economy here. And and I think if it works here, it's going to work across uh, the United States. It's just a matter of the political will to, to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's something fascinating that's, that's occurred uh, in the last couple of months with regard to health care and single payer, which is that suddenly Medicare for all is looking better and better. And it doesn't hurt hearing Donald Trump say that the Australian system is better than ours, which is... <laughs> It's literally Medicare for all in Australia, and you can buy supplemental private insurance if you want to. But basically, there is a national health care plan that everyone is on and everyone pays, you know, a 3% tax on or whatever to uh, to, right. to make it uh, viable and so on. And uh, but I mean, here, I mean, it can actually happen. My concern going back a year or two years uh, prior to Trump ever becoming president, is we never want to say, okay, well, let's get tr- Trump in there. He's going to destroy health care. And so out of that, we'll get single payer. That's not what you want to do. But now that we're in it, why not use the Trump disaster, the Trump health care crisis, the Trump? Why not use that to get some sort of Medicare for all system passed? I don't know if it's going to actually work because, you know, there's the other side to all of this, which is that. The Democrats are more adept than anyone else at sabotaging their own agenda. <laughs> exactly. Well, the other thing that happens is that uh, whenever healthcare reform isn't on the table, you know, there's always you know eighty percent support for universal coverage and single payer and all of that. And then as soon as they start legislating it, everyone freaks out. And then there's the the disinformation campaigns coming from the right, and they're mm. able to effectively do it in a way that that prevents people from actually embracing healthcare reform in practice. But in in name, they they love it. They want universal coverage. They want single payer. People Until want someone explains to them that their medication is going to cost eight hundred dollars a month now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because not only does Trump care do all of these terrible things now, but it's rolling back the uh, it's it's well, going to reopen the donut hole. And people are telling me the people who I know that are very smart are saying that it's never going to make it out of the Senate. Yeah. Um, and that we're going to end up with enough disruption in other areas of the presidency that it's going to fall by the wayside for now. And things are going to the status quo will be maintained. Well, it isn't great, yeah. but it's better than rolling back protections that we got through the ACA. Yeah, it's right. It's really, really rare that one of these acts gets reversed. If it's a security act, um, you know, all these various, it's just, it's, it runs, of course, a lot of things are happening right now that run completely countercurrent to U.S. history. So maybe they will repeal it, but it's highly, it's less likely than I think people feel. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think with the Senate, I mean, there are a couple of possibilities. Obviously, the one possibility is they don't ever they don't they don't agree on anything and they don't bring any bill forward. The other possibility is they bring something that's a moderate version, a uh, a tempered version of of Trump care. The third possibility is they put forth someone that ac- something that actually fixes the the problems with the Obamacare exchanges, which is the the major problem right now is getting insurers to stick with the exchanges, keeping premiums low, uh, and all of that. And and what the Senate could very easily do. Uh, this is of course a long shot, given that it's run by uh, Republicans and Ted Cruz is one of the people. Uh, tasked with dealing with this, but uh, it is possible that they come up with something like that. Now, anything that is more moderate, regardless of what it is, anything that's more moderate than the uh, AHCA that was was passed by the House is not going to get... The Spanish Inquisition is more moderate than the AHCA. Yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, (laughs) But in this case... 
in this case, uh, anything that's more moderate is going to lose the Freedom Caucus people on the House side. And remember all the balancing act that uh, they had to do to get the Freedom well, Caucus won over. Anything that actually allows government to function, anything that allows yeah. policy to work, it's going to piss off the Freedom Caucus. That's what they're there for. They're like the sugar in the tank of U.S. government. <laughs> that's exactly right. And uh, and so, I mean, we're, we're looking at a long, drawn-out thing that will probably end up, if they end up passing anything, it's probably not going to look anything like the AHCA does right now. It's going to look like those genetic accidents from Alien 4 is what it's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, it'll come up Please with... Please me! I mean, the... the, the half-lizard thing. <laughs> I mean, to me, the, Bill. Right, it'll be like Brundlefly. It'll be the Brundlefly of yes. healthcare legislation. Uh, and, and so... What's what's likely going to happen is something that is much more moderate. I mean, I've always said that what the best thing they could do is to just fix some of the things that need to be fixed in Obamacare. Call it Trump Care, rebrand it. I mean, Trump's great at branding. He brands the w- w- biggest hunks of sh- you've ever possibly seen. Trump snakes, for God's sake. Trump University. He brands things. Why not just brand something that fixes Obamacare instead? He's wrapped his arms around uh, and his tiny hands around this uh, goddamn uh, hunk of crap called the uh, American Health Care Act. He's, this is this whole thing, though. We have to understand we're dealing with a man whose entire – everything he touches is slapdash. Yeah. It's always faulty. It's always poorly and shallowly done. He is uh, completely free. He's, you know, everything he's doing right now, he's pulling out of his ass. Yeah. Um, and so – well, again, he don't expect him to do the right thing. I mean, yes, he could possibly someone could do something very smart and fix the problems with Obamacare, but not this administration. That that's just entirely too sensible. I mean, this is the behavior of someone who takes his cues first thing in the morning from Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade. No wonder it's slapdash. You know, no wonder it's it's shoddy and stupid because, of course, all of the information he gets is indeed shoddy and stupid. So. By the way, that was the name of the morning show I hosted in 1979. It was Shoddy and Stupid. I was shoddy, and my co-host was stupid. I just want to clarify that, because people get get us mixed up all the time. People always think that I'm the stupid one, and that the other guy was the shoddy one. But no! <laughs> stupid. All right, uh, let's talk about Blue Apron. David, I don't know if you uh, have tried Blue Apron yet, but... For someone like me, I don't take a lot of time to decide, oh, what am I going to cook tonight? I don't want to waste that time. I don't want to waste time scouring the grocery store for ingredients and asking people and not knowing where everything is. If it's a specialty item, it's like, where do, where do, I, where do I find cumin? I don't know where the hell cumin is in the grocery store. Somewhere in those middle aisles in the weird, obscure... Uh, uh, ingredients area with the seasonings. I don't know where to find anything over there. So, I mean, my best bet for uh, for my meals is Blue Apron. When I sit down for dinner, I want food that's healthy and fresh, too. But who can afford to eat at a restaurant every night or shop at high-priced stores to get fresh, natural ingredients? I've shopped there and wound up wasting so much food. That's why I love Blue Apron, America's number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service. Blue Apron sends exactly what I need in exactly the right amounts and an easy recipe Easy, right to my door. Blue Apron has partnered with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranches across the U.S. Their seafood is certified as sustainably sourced. The beef, chicken, and pork are raised responsibly, and the produce comes from regenerative farms. Okay, here's what you got to try from Blue Apron this week. The sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice, or the pizza with fresh spinach and mozzarella, olives, and bell pepper. Parmesan-crusted chicken with roasted broccoli and creamy fettuccine. Or the paninis with baby broccoli and arugula salad with hard-boiled eggs. I love every single one of those damn things. Try to get those meals at a restaurant or especially grocer for under 10 bucks a person. Blue Apron has something for everyone because you can customize your preferences and the new recipes just keep coming so you never, ever get bored. In fact, you get excited because it makes cooking fun. Affordable but elegant, top-quality meals you easily make yourself with fresh ingredients brought to you by Blue Apron. There's no weekly commitment. Stop and start as you please and check out this week's menu and get your first free, first three meals for free. They'll even pay the shipping because you listen to this show. Go to blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. It feels good to make incredible, affordable meals at home when the food and recipes come from Blue Apron. That's blueapron.com slash B-O-B-C. Blue Apron, it is. Yeah, it's a better way to cook. The Bob Seska Show.
Bob Seska Show. Yep. Presented by BubbleGenius.com. Thank you, Buzz. Okay, welcome back to the show today. Dave Ferguson, T-Rex from uh, Raw Story is with us here today. Oh, you know, I should mention something. I'm not appearing as a representative of Raw Story or as a spokesman for the organization. The views I express are mine and mine alone. You do not express the editorial positions of Raw Story. I'm strictly here in my capacity as a bloodborne pathogen. There it is. <laughs> bloodborne pathogen. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's dig into uh, Sally Yates and uh, Russia. Russia, 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 Russia. This is uh, things get closer and closer to Donald Trump, don't they? Every day that goes by, we're just a little bit closer to Donald Trump's desk with all of this crap. Uh, yesterday in the uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee, technically the Senate uh, Judiciary Subcommittee for Crime and Terrorism. Uh, uh, had a test, had a hearing with uh, Sally Yates and James Clapper, the uh, the former DNI, and uh, and it was uh, revealing in so many ways. And what I liked most uh, was, of course, Sally Yates sticking it to all these guys. What I liked second most was James Clapper just basically sitting there going, "I hate all of you." I mean, that was basically James Clapper's testimony entirely yesterday was like, I'll do my uh, my uh, Chuck Grassley impression. Mr. Clapper, uh, is there anything that you'd like to say about unmasking of the things that were seen by the and James Clapper's like, I hate you so much. Somebody I on Twitter described him as someone being forced to go to a staff meeting at his old job <laughs> that he hated. That's right. He's just, he seemed like he was just melting into his suit. He's just like, this is the lamest thing I've ever been to. I hate your guts, every last one of you. If I could, I would stick a letter opener in your guts and watch them <laughs> spill out onto the floor. That was James Clapper. Staple your face to the green thing on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean this is so funny that uh you know that uh trump put that quote from james clapper put it well trump trump tweeted something about james clapper's testimony and then made his cover photo into that tweet like it was like trump was advertising this quote which was not really a quote. It was basically Trump's stupid idiot interpretation of something James Clapper said. Basically, he was asked, Clapper was asked, uh, were you aware of any investigation and collusion between uh, uh, Russia and the, and the Trump campaign? And Clapper was basically like, no, I wasn't privy to that. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that investigation. And, and Trump has taken that and expanded that into a complete denial of the fact that there's any collusion at all. When, in fact, it's usual procedure for the DNI to not be informed of every single thing that the FBI is investigating. So it makes perfect sense that Clapper wouldn't have known about that investigation. But what we do know is that the FBI is, in fact, investigating all of this. This isn't mm -hmm. this isn't a hoax invented. This was Trump was tweeting yesterday that it's all a hoax. It's it's a hoax until we discover that, yeah, the FBI is <laughs> investigating collusion. Uh, but I, I, one of the big takeaways for me was that Yates confirmed that she did go to the White House twice to meet with Don McGahn, the White House counsel, and she called an additional time. She made a phone call. Well, like So basically, there were three meetings, and uh, the two in-person meetings took place, I think it was on a... Uh, I want to say it was on a, either a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Thursday and a Friday. It's Thursday and Friday. Yeah. She was fired on Monday. Right. It was. Yeah, exactly. It was just a matter of days after the the inauguration. And then she was fired like right after that weekend under this ridiculousness that she didn't want to enforce the Muslim ban. But she was very clearly fired because she was blowing the whistle on Mike Flynn and this was going to be a major scandal for the White House and this was going to open up all kinds of uh, doors leading to uh, Russia and Vladimir Putin and Russian oligarchs and all of it. Turkey, uh, links to Turkey as well. Um, and it's one of those things where it's staring us right in the face. Everyone's like, why on earth did they wait so long? Yeah. To mention it to the press is because everybody on the freaking transition team was meeting with Sergey Kislyak. Yep. Every it, it, Kushner, Kushner, Clapper. Yeah. I mean, not Clapper, Kushner, Flynn, 
um, what's his name? Carter Page. Carter Page. Manafort like, had met with like him back during the... 14 of them. And they were like, I mean, apparently having like like fondue night at Kislyak's <laughs> house or something. I just... <laughs> yeah. God, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was the message, though, uh, is that, I mean, the overall message that I think Yates was delivering yesterday was that Flynn had been compromised. He lied about his contacts with Kislyak, despite the fondue party. And, uh, and, and there is, this is the... The, I think the two big operative words of yesterday's uh, testimony were underlying behavior that yeah, turned out to that be problem. What, yeah, what is the underlying behavior? I know that uh, uh, Maddo had, uh, had Sally Yates' deputy on yesterday, and of course he couldn't confirm what the underlying behavior was. No, it can't. I mean, n- neither could Sally Yates because it's all based on classified information. What does that even mean? Does that mean like he's playing with himself under the table, or does that mean he's like... like Bezling or I mean, underlying behavior or just lying. Well, he's doing something untoward with the Russians. I mean, that's basically what I think the uh, the message was that something uh, nefarious is going on. Something unlawful uh, is happening between Flynn and whoever. I mean, it might have also been Turkey. It might have been both Turkey and Russia. We don't know for sure because we don't have any additional information of what this underlying behavior was. But clearly, Sally Yates was alarmed by this and referred to that underlying behavior as deeply problematic. So again, what is that underlying behavior? We, I think we'll soon find out. I mean, this is... Did you see a piece I did last week uh, based on the things that a former CIA officer told the Washington Post he said that the, yeah, yeah. the American far right is getting used as dupes by the Russians, and we're not sure why, but it's part of something bigger. Well, yeah, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's really goddamn accurate, and I'll tell you why. Because I mean, I really think that the end game here is simply to control as much of the American uh, government as 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 he possibly can. And uh, and and this isn't necessarily. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about was this is this like the precursor to Putin just taking over the United States somehow? You know, he doesn't really need to. All he needs to do is have mm-hmm. enough compromised people in the federal government doing his bidding, and and whether it's the you know whether it's the executive branch or the legislative branch, because I mean there it's it's becoming quite obvious that there are more than a few. Uh, Republican members of Congress who have also been compromised in some way, based at least on the behavior of guys like Devin Nunes and and Jason Chaffetz and so on. Uh, former members like uh, Jeff Sessions. I mean, we've got three guys who have had to rec- recuse themselves from this story. Why? What does Russia have on them? This is, uh, I mean, this is basically a slow motion coup in progress, and yet the President of the United States doesn't want to acknowledge that it's even real. Even though he does super scary field theory, my my the cheap screenwriter in my brain is <laughs> like noticing that all these people are major god botherers, yeah, and oh, masturbators, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and I, these are the people that I think Putin's going to ship the genetically modified smallpox to to turn it loose on the population <laughs> and bring about the end times. <laughs> I, well, That's what they're doing, they're cultivating them. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, we got to destroy the country in order to save it for Jesus. Well, there there are so many layers. I, of course, that's not obviously going to happen, but it just that's you know that's where the, my my the, the cheap Twilight Zone watching ten year old in my head goes every time with this stuff. I mean, there are so many layers to what Putin's motives are. Uh, it, it's hard to begin to to list them. I think one of the main ones was, hey, look, if we have the technology and we have the expertise in terms of, in terms of espionage here to actually get a crackpot uh, clown like Donald Trump elected, hey, we're more powerful than people give us credit for. And sure enough, that's what he did. I mean, it wasn't just, it'd be really easy for Vladimir Putin to decide, okay, well, we've got some compromise on Martin O'Malley. Let's think of someone who's just as white bread, middle of the road as you possibly can get. Just the generic cookie cutter politician. I would put Martin O'Malley into that category. I'm sorry, Martin O'Malley bots, but he takes uh, his shirt off an awful lot to beat that run of the mill. Right, I'm pretty sure That's there's true. like a, a cam computer scandal just lying in wait somewhere to happen. Yeah, although you know, but I mean, anyway, I, I think he, he if it, it would be very easy for Putin to install someone like that. It's a challenge for Putin right. to install someone as loony as Donald Trump, and yet there it is. He was able to do it. And that shows that Donald Trump, uh, that uh, Vladimir Putin, see, I'm always mixing them up. I'm always mixing up Trump and Putin and Trump and Nixon. That's not good. Hmm. Uh, No, that's interesting, though. It says a lot. 
Yeah. But I mean, nevertheless, I mean, it was a real success story for, for uh, Putin to get Trump elected, even though he wasn't able to get uh, Trump's counterpart in France elected. By the way, br- big sigh of relief. Uh, vive la France. Vive la France. Holy Yay. shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I was so concerned that uh, that this was going to lead to uh, basically if, if Maureen Le Pen had won that election, it would have led us down the path, I think, to another world war. I think it certainly would have fractured Europe in a way that uh, would have been almost irreparable. And, and obviously, when you have a fractured Europe, weird things happen when, <laughs> when Europe is at odds with each other. And uh, and those weird things in our past have uh have not turned out very well. They involve things like mustard gas and trenches and uh, holocausts, things like that. So you want to make sure that uh, that Europe is somehow united and under one flag, one currency, things to keep them uh, from fighting with each other. And so if Marine Le Pen had won that goddamn thing, I mean, I was just, I was freaked out. I mean, I know the polls were showing the opposite, but the polls showed the opposite in our election too. You just- yeah, and I'm- yeah, you just can't underestimate uh, Putin's reach on all of this. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so Trump's Twitter cover photo was a big fat lie. He's obviously scared, which is why he starts whining every time something along these lines happens. He either whines, stop whining, or he uh, or he really runs away. Threatening. Yeah, well, oh, well, yeah, yeah, he does that too. He 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 gets really threatening. Like for example, I, I think yesterday he was uh, engaging in witness tampering, which is. It's a felony, a massive felony that includes a, a sentence of up to 20 years in prison. Uh, and, and he was engaged in that. So he's been trying to intimidate Sally Yates by saying that maybe she was the one who leaked the information about Flynn. <laughs> the leak, by the way, that he confirmed was real. <laughs> he confirmed that the but information the was fake. The, the, yeah, the leak is absolutely real, he said. But the news was fake. Somehow that you, it's a Zen mind puzzle where this whole administration <laughs> is like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Right. Rod Sarling's going to come out at the end and be like, did you believe? Yeah. But what I mean, he saw, you know, <laughs> I, I want to see him go out and do a another press conference right now. I want to see him do a remember the mm. press conference he did right at the beginning. And it was a, a nightmare. It was just him insulting was members zoo. of the press. I want to see He's him like do yelling it. at Jim Acosta. Yeah, okay, that's right. Uh, but I, you're I th- fake news. You're fake news. <laughs> he hates Jim Acosta. He hates any woman who asks him a question. He's going to have a problem with that too. But I want to mm. see him get badgered now, and I want to see him answer questions about Mike Flynn. I want to see him answer questions about uh, Russia collusion and see how he reacts. Because what what Rachel Maddow was documenting is that Donald Trump, when he's asked about any of those things. He either turns to stone or he runs away. Brave, brave Sir Donald runs away, right? Brave right. Sir Donald ran away. <laughs> I love this. Ran away, away he did. Brave, brave Sir Donald. When reporters asked about what he said, he bravely turned his tail and fled. <laughs> and he hid right there behind his desk. And he chickened out. <laughs> I just love that. That's and, lovely. Where did that from? Any excuse to uh, reference Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> well, brave Sir Robin in Monty Python's Holy Grail uh, is is uh, always running away from things. Every time there's trouble, oh, no, with brave Sir Robin. Where did you record that? That's- oh, that's that's Rocky Mountain Mike from the Stephanie Miller show. I just I, I, I wrote to him and I said, "Oh my God, we have to do a brave Sir Donald song parody." And he was like, "Well, oh, I don't know if I have time, but maybe I'll get to." And the next morning, I had a brave Sir Donald song parody waiting for me in my in- email inbox. I was like, "Oh my God." I'm oh, gonna play connections. I'm gonna play this to death. <laughs> I'm just gonna play this over and over again. So uh, okay, so nevertheless, Donald Trump lied on his cover photo. Donald Trump lied in his tweets. This is what Donald Trump wrote here. Director Clapper reiterated what everybody, including the fake media, already knows. There is no evidence of collusion with Russia and Trump. No, 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 no. no, no. Straight up refuted that yesterday. Well, yeah, of course they did. <laughs> Of course they did. But Donald Trump doesn't hear that stuff. He hears what he wants to hear so that he can go out and tell his people all kinds of new lies that they can go and then repeat themselves. So, no. Clapper said it's he like was living with a particularly stupid, vicious African gray parrot. <laughs> you know, yeah. sucks up vocabulary words and spits them back out, but doesn't actually have any like cognitive grasp on what these things mean oh yeah oh my god and then uh clapper basically just to, to repeat here clapper said he was unaware of an fbi investigation into collusion dni's don't they're not privy to this stuff all the time so of course he, he wasn't aware of what was going on 
And that's all he said. He didn't say that there, no, there is no evidence here. I see no evidence whatsoever. He wasn't saying that. But Donald Trump wants to think that he said that. This is Donald Trump terrified. In another exchange uh, with, uh, with Clapper, uh, Democrat Sheldon Whitehouse, who's the ranking member of the committee, uh, talked about how, to, uh, how a corrupt arrangement greased with bribes could expose government officials to blackmail if the, uh, if the other party in this uh, transaction says, I'm going out uh, and, and I'm going to tell everybody about the deal unless you do this X, Y, or Z. So basically what White House outlined was a situation where, hmm, maybe it's Trump uh, doing business with all kinds of Russian oligarchs who are loaning him money and they're doing so, some of these uh, shady business deals with him. I mean, there's a, a whole business deal that went on with the king of fertilizer with a property sale in, in Florida. Mm. Uh, that's one of the many uh, deals that we know about, one of the many links between uh, Trump and, and Russian oligarchs. So the idea is that once you do a deal like this and it is shady and you've lied about it, you are now in a compromising position. You can now be uh, blackmailed by whoever you're doing this deal with. And in this case, it's Russian oligarchs who, you know, by the way, Vladimir Putin is a Russian oligarch. So, right. So now they've got all of this uh, secret information on Trump and they can use it to manipulate him. That is classic compromise, which is exactly what James Clapper said. And I quote, after that was described by this same situation was described by White House in uh, in the testimony yesterday, Clapper's response was, that's classic compromise. And this, I mean, to me, the entire hearing, yes, there was lots of stuff to latch on to with Sally Yates, but that exchange between White House and Clapper, to me, like, defined Trump-Russia. It yeah. defined Russiagate. It, just, it defined what exactly we're looking at here, which is a guy who, for a decade or more, has been borrowing money, has been in shady deals with Russian oligarchs, things that uh, would would constitute, I imagine, all kinds of income tax money evasion, laundering. money laundering, bribery, and so forth with a foreign government. And now they're using those deals, Russia is, they're using those deals to manipulate Donald Trump. So clearly, when they say to him, you know, we're going to do this thing where we're going to manipulate the election and see if we're going to get you elected... Uh, but and you have no choice in the matter because we've got all this compromising information, which might include a pee pee tape. We don't know. <laughs> that hasn't been disproved yet. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, we do have all this compromising information on you, and unless you go along, we're going to expose all of it, and then you're going to be embarrassed, and you're going to go to prison. So of course, Trump is going to go. Yeah, yeah, sure, I'm going to do that. And oh, by the way, Rachel, Rachel Jack, I'm not going to do. It. I'm going to do that. <laughs> Dave. Lately, I've been doing. <laughs> I'm really into doing. Sad Trump or melancholy Trump? Yeah, really are you aware? Of- get a good imitation on because it's kind of like Alex Jones. It's a very unusual combination of sounds. Yes, yes, you it know, is because it's it's sort of plaintive but also threatening. It's sort of whiny but also bellicose. Yeah, uh, and gravelly. It's but. it's it's fun to do the different modes, the different uh, speeds of Donald Trump. And one one of my favorites is to do the sad one, which is remember when he was talking about Andrew Jackson and he was talking about Andrew Jackson's wife and he was saying, yeah, Rachel Jackson. The thing I remember about Rachel Jackson is Rachel Jackson died in the election of 1828. She died. The election killed her and she was dead. That's what he was saying. It was just like, oh my God, it sounds I like, like he's public about address to... Trump best because it's like a trombone underwater kind of. It's like, and he does these like waves. He's kind of like, yeah, uh, it's it's hard to do. The it's best, do. Uh, the best Trump though, of course, is Tony Atamanik on the President Show. I keep uh, I keep uh, plugging that show because it's just really damn funny. Oh, I haven't seen it. Well, you actually saw a clip from it because you wrote about it on Raw Story. Uh, the the clip of a a quote unquote Trump impersonator going up to that little girl and she was Don't saying, "You're a disgrace to the world." You're a disgrace to the world. That was from the President Show. With that was Tony oh. Atamanik doing Trump. And it's the funniest damn thing that you've got to watch the show. It's on Thursday nights right after The Daily Show. And it's hysterical. The best Trump impression. I would say this Trump impression. I mean, I love Alec Baldwin's impression. I think it's great. I think he's doing a, a massive public service. But I think Tony Atamanik's Trump impression is even better than that. So I don't think Baldwin's quite got the voice. He's almost there, but he's not quite. Tony Atamanik is much more... Tony Atamanik would be as close to a Dana Carvey-style impression of Trump. 
yeah. as as you could possibly find. Just some, the, what he does with the impression is the really important thing about <laughs> about that impression. Anyway, I, you, I love the game show music on your show. It always reminds me of being at my grandmother's house because we watched a lot of daytime TV there in summer vacation. Well, it always signifies and- it signifies one of several things, David. It signifies either eating, shaving. Or in this case, buying flowers from proflowers.com. All right, Mother's Day. Mother's Day just around the corner. I know you've lost your mom. I've got my my mom still around. I'm going to go to proflowers.com. You'll find a huge selection of gorgeous Mother's Day bouquets and flowering plants starting as low as $19.99 plus shipping. Visit proflowers.com right now. Click on the microphone in the upper right corner and type in the password R-E-L-M. Proflowers has uh, perfect bouquets for all the moms on in your life. Plus, Pro Flowers are guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for seven days or your money back, and it's a no-brainer. Don't forget, proflowers.com with the code R-E-L-M. Shove Bob Seska into your pants and haul him around with you wherever you go. Pants. Subscribe to the Bob Seska <laughs> Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Thank you, Buzz. The second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSeska.com Amazon link. If you want to go shopping at Amazon.com, go to Amazon through our link. Here's what you do. You go to BobSeska.com. Just beneath the logo, you'll see in all capital letters, it says Amazon link. You click that link. And it takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. The difference is that if you go through our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra. Plus, you can get a free uh, a 30-day trial of Amazon Prime, things like that. And uh, you can also do that through links on our site. And, uh, and and we get a small commission from all of that. It helps support the show. And, uh, and we thank you for that in advance. Oh, by the way, make sure to bookmark it. And if you're a small business, you can source some of your materials through the Amazon link. So thank you for doing that. All right, so uh, getting back into Russia here, Lindsey Graham, speaking of the oligarchs, Lindsey Graham wants to investigate uh, Trump's ties to Russian oligarchs. I think this is great news. Uh, This is something to me that is is an end around to get past Trump's like collusion obsession where where Mm -hmm. Trump when Trump hears about this stuff, he always talks about how the collusion is a hoax. He never mentions or never responds to all of his business ties with Russia, including business ties that his own son has already confessed to on at least a couple of occasions. Oh, Eric. Yeah, Eric Trump confessed to Golf Magazine that Trump golf courses are paid for with Russian money. (laughs) Uh, He he gets lightheaded and confused when someone takes away his baggie of Cheerios. You know, you got to... Eric yeah. is special. You know, his mother drank a lot when she was pregnant, and you know, you just see the results. Jesus, yeah, that they just look like the the villains from any '80s teen movie. That's I mean, that's all. Both of the Trump boys look like that. Jesus God. So you know, again, here comes Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham wants to open it. <laughs> wants to open a congressional investigation of President Donald Trump's business dealings. The Republican chair, by the way, this is from Roth's story. The Republican chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee was intrigued by James Clapper's refusal to answer a question about the president's business dealings with Russia, which the former director of national intelligence suggested could jeopardize an ongoing investigation, reported CNN. Graham, claimed, uh, Graham asked Clapper if he had any concerns about Trump's business ties with Russia when the intelligence community put together an assessment, and the former official said he had not at the time. But Clapper declined to comment, citing a possible investigation when Graham uh, broadened the time frame in a follow-up question. Graham told CNN's Manu Raju that he uh, was first to see how the FBI was conducting its own investigation of the president's foreign business dealings before launching a congressional probe, which would uh, be overseen by the committee he chairs. The senator is interested in seeing Trump's tax returns, which he refused to release, but Graham said he's not yet ready to call for a subpoena. By the way, you know, you want motivation for 2018, Democrats? Here's motivation for 2018. If the Democrats win back the House of Representatives, Adam Schiff has subpoena power. Mm, That's a big deal. delicious. That is a big deal. That means Donald Trump's tax returns can be subpoenaed. I don't know, Lindsey Graham. I'm not even sure. It's possible to win back the House, though, with everything it's gerrymandered as it is. I I don't know. It's not that, the margin isn't that great. I think the Democrats need, I think it's a, uh, I did the math a couple of weeks ago. It's a net gain of 25 seats. 
I think that can happen. In fact, the very night that you and I met Dave Ferguson uh, was yes. the the night of the 2006 midterms. In we were we were both covering it from the CNN blogger room or whatever the hell they were doing. And uh, and that night, I think it was. I think the Democrats did a net gain of thirty something seats. Thirty six seats. Thirty six. You remember? I forget because like, wow. me and. Christy, or Christy and I, I should say, went over to stand by the power line table and started chanting, Speaker Pelosi! Speaker Pelosi! Speaker Pelosi! <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it was one of those elections. It was a new thing at that point. You know, they didn't, she hadn't been speaker yet, and so it was like our way of taunting them. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was, uh, I mean, I'll never forget that night. What a huge, huge victory for the Democrats. And they can do that again, and again, all they need is to, all they need is to get to 217. If they can get to 217, they control the House of Representatives. It'll be the, by the narrowest of margins of course but if they can get a net gain of 25 seats i think that's entirely possible i think with the momentum that's happening right now i think with uh the town halls that are happening i think that now we're starting to see some democrats going to their neighboring district and doing town halls in the neighboring republican district just the momentum to me is so encouraging my only about the georgia special district uh, special election that's coming up Yes, John Ossoff. John Ossoff. Yeah, yeah. What do you know? What's the latest from uh, John Ossoff? Name? I always, I can know. I, uh, I don't think John's his first name. Maybe it is, but I should know that. This is the problem with being a national reporter. I think it's uh, John Ossoff. End up so absorbed in everything that's happening at the headline level that you don't get to follow the local election as closely as you want to. But Karen Handel, trust me, folks, if you got 50 cents to donate to the Ossoff campaign, do it, because you do not want to see a Senator Karen Handel. She is a nightmare. She used to be Georgia's Secretary of State until she was forced to leave office after she tried to change the rules of the election after the election to help the governor stay in office. I mean, she's a nightmare. She was at Planned Parenthood. I mean, not Planned Parenthood, at the Komen Foundation when she tried to cut off funding between Komen and Planned Parenthood clinics. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I distinctly remember that. Yep, yep. And she wrote that book about how they all, called Planned Bullyhood. That's the name of her book. <laughs> Jesus, God. Planned Bullyhood. Uh, uh, yet another genetic accident from the language lab. <laughs> oh, and by the it's, way, it is it is John Ossoff. I, I've, cons- I've okay, confirmed good. Yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the passage of Trump care is going to absolutely help uh, John Ossoff in, in the Georgia 6. And in fact, Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post wrote a piece about that exact thing. His chances became much better, much better now that uh, that this legislation has passed the House. Now he can use this. And uh, and now that he's got a, uh, a very high profile cudgel to use against the Republican in this uh, in this runoff. I think his chances are a lot better. I mean, we're still talking about a little bit of a haul to what I, I forget the date of the uh, the runoff election. It's June something, June six, is it something like that? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, uh, uh, but uh, but nevertheless, so it, it could be very uh, could be very good for him to win this. I my my big concern is that uh, invariably Democrats always run out of steam. I'm just I, I wish all of this was going on in August and September of 2018. I, and I it's hope June twentieth. I know it's oh, it's June twentieth. The runoff. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I just I wish some of this was happening later in the calendar, um, because I mean I always bring up the example of the uh, the government shutdown in late twenty thirteen. Remember the government shut? It was a big government shutdown. It lasted for weeks. It was really bad for the Republicans. Their poll numbers dropped through the floor, and uh, just like it did in nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine when they did that. Yeah, the Newt Gingrich shutdown. It's like they they do not learn from history. Nope, absolutely not. And in in, in this case, uh, it was too early. It was too early for them to take a dive like that, and they were able to recover and they were able mm-hmm. to gain seats in the twenty fourteen midterms. And so, yeah, there's a lot of momentum. And and every time I watch video of the town halls, I'm going f yeah. This is what needs to be happening. We need to stick it to these guys. We need to shut them down. We need to shut down Trump. We need to make it like George Will said. We need to quarantine Trump. And the way to quarantine aren't Trump. getting tired. I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine in, in Durham, North Carolina on yeah. Friday. I asked her if she's going to out Raleigh, which is the big, you know, it was a big LGBT protest. And she's like, oh, you know, I really want to go to that, but I've got to go to a refugee march in Durham. <laughs> and they're like, so many protests. So little, and this is like, you know, the South. Yeah, this is yeah. in North Carolina, 
They're well, fired up, though. They've been fired up in North Carolina because they had that terrible Republican governor and Republican legislature, and people got sick of it. Well, you know, the generation before us, they had uh, Vietnam and the uh, the anti-war movement and the protests that happened in D.C. Prior to that was the greatest generation, and they had World War II and the Depression. I think the least we can do is try to stop this goddamn monster from ruining the world. <laughs> I think if we can maintain focus and maintain an energy level that's comparable to what we're dealing with right now if this can sustain until november 2018 i think the the house is definitely going to go democratic the senate that's going to be the real hard task it's not like he becomes any less repulsive though it's not like his voice becomes any less irritating or the whole notion of it becoming people like that there's the threat of normalizing him i understand that but he's pretty hard to normal <laughs> that, well that's true but i mean look i mean i think winning the house is a major major blockade in the process of making sure that he can't do what he wants to do mm-hmm. and in addition to that making sure that some of the things that he's been trying to keep secret become exposed and and therefore making him less popular and, and less able to pursue his agenda unilaterally without congress i think the more that he is shut down and incapable of actually doing business, the better off uh, we're all going to be. And, and part of that process is going to be winning back the House in, in 2018. Again, like I was saying before, I think the Senate's going to be a long haul. I don't think the Senate's going to go Democratic. I think it's a bad year uh, for uh, for the Democrats in, in 2018 because basically I think there are... You never know. There are just a, I mean, I, do you really think Trump's going to still be in office in 2018? Uh, well, I still said by my prediction that it's going to get too hard. He's that's, gonna have to. He's gonna step down and have a big crybaby speech and blame the media and yeah. blame the career bureaucrats that that ruined it. It's all our fault. Right, right. Well, I mean, it's I, it's. I mean, I think that's always possible. I'm I'm factoring more along the lines of. See, then we hmm. get Pence, but see, Pence have gotten it. It's really oh, Pence has to go. The Pence. testimony yesterday. So I, in my perfect world, you know, like Glenda the Good Witch floats down in the bubble and whacks her magic wand, and we get to have a special election because there's yeah. so much corruption at the top. But actually, probably what we end up with is, is President Paul Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, in fact, some circles uh, following Trump Russia are talking about President Hatch. I think it's going to get down to Orrin Hatch on the uh, presidential line of succession. I, I think the no, problem Orrin is that Hatch doesn't want that job. He's not that. He's lazy. I, well, I mean, lazy. it doesn't matter whether he wants the job necessarily. <laughs> he may end up getting it because there's going to be no one else ahead of him. Because I, I mean, I also one think- other thing though, before we get too far away from the whole Russia thing, do you did you see the Olbermann thing video about the grand juries? Yes, I saw like that, two, and I, at I've least been two grand juries. And I, 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 again, it's one of those things where I want to believe that that is actually true because that's reporting that's coming from uh, Louise Mensch, and then there's another guy named Claude something, and mm. and he's reporting the existence of these grand juries. I don't know if they're actually assembled. I mean, Louise I'd love Mench to see. I'd love to see some documents on the source. Well, I mean, but but that's where the uh, that's where the grand jury news is coming from. Uh, I, I I do think that she's been right about a bunch of things on 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 Trump Russia. I do think that healthy skepticism is in order for anything that doesn't come from uh, some of the A list reporters who are working on this, whether it's from the New York Times or the Washington Post or uh, some of the other ProPublica is also doing great work. McClatchy is doing great work. Uh, um, anything that comes from sources other than that, you have to have some healthy skepticism and question the veracity of it. But I do think that their record so far, uh, and I'm talking about this this clatch of conservative anti-Trump people who are also national security experts who have been reporting on on leaks and doing their own independent reporting on this. John Schindler, Louise Mensch, uh, this guy, Cla- I forget his last name, Claude something, I don't know what it is. Uh, Has a sitting president ever been indicted? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think it wasn't uh, Bill Clinton indicted? For perjury? Oh, yeah, he was. Of course he was. Yeah, I, I think it's possible for, for Trump to be indicted on any, num- any number of things. I do think oh, that... I want to know a funny story. This okay. This is a total neck-whipping subject change. <laughs> but back when I worked at Fire Dog Lake and we were the Scooter Libby blog, yeah. this friend of mine who lives in D.C. came back to town and he revealed to me that he was sitting on the Scooter Libby grand jury. Wow. So I got him drunk. <laughs> and it turned out to be true. Yeah, I took him home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, like kissing his neck and peeling off his shirt. I'm like, so Scott, 
Oh, it's so nice that you're here. <laughs> Is Carl Rove going to get indicted? <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, you know, I'm wasted, but I'm not going to tell you that, Mr. Blogger. <laughs> Funny story. Well, uh, I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's entirely possible it'll happen. I don't know. I have to see some documents on it. I'm, I'm not willing to put my uh, stamp of approval on that news. I, you have to be skeptical with all this stuff. And while I'm not... I'm, I'm not willing to, to crap all over what's been happening with the uh, the Louise Mensch crowd. I'm, I'm not willing to embrace it either, so we'll see. Uh, lots more to talk about. we got the post-mortem show coming up. Do you want to stick stick around for the post-mortem show, David? Yeah, of course. All right, we're going to keep... miss the after party. But, you know, before we go any further, we should tell everybody we're getting married, like Joe and Mika. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, David and I are getting married. We're going to uh, tie the knot finally. It's been years and years of bickering on the, on the show. and He's, He interrupts <laughs> me in bed, too. <laughs> oh, my God. John Oliver did a great montage on uh, last week tonight. Oh, with, it was excruciating. Yeah, it was, just, it was basically just Joe Scarborough being a d- to Mika Brzezinski just over and over again on the morning show. And now they're getting married. It's, she's got Stockholm Syndrome. That's what's going on. I think so. <laughs> Well, there's lots to talk about on the post-mortem show, so stick around. You want to listen to the show at patreon.com slash bobandchess. Uh, and sign up at $5 a month. You sign up at $5 a month, you get uh, you get this show, which you just heard, but you also get two, two post-mortem shows every week. It's like a mini after party. We just shoot the breeze, talk about whatever else is uh, remaining from the free show, whatever else is on our minds. Uh... For, for $10 a month, you get those two post-mortem shows, plus you get an after-party every Friday. And for $15 a month, you get all that crap, plus you get an uncensored, uh, commercial-free version of this show. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Ches. Go support us there. Also support us at the uh, through the Amazon link, bobseska.com, just beneath the logo. It's the Amazon link right there. Can't miss it. All right, David Ferguson, catch all of his work at rawstory.com. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, uh, t- Twitter at uh, T-Rextasy. Check out my band at Compromat. It's on Facebook. <laughs> That's awesome. We're good. All right, we'll see you on the, uh, the uh, post-mortem show, folks. Bye-bye.